0: The real battle is a spiritual battle when we are engaging in spiritual, social or political transformation. In this simple motivational message, we remind ourselves of how we penetrate the darkness around us to bring about transformation. Say this out loud, bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Are we going to start with a very familiar passage in Matthew 16? we look at verses 18 and 19. This morning as we spent a few moments talking about penetrating the darkness. Penetrating the darkness. Let's read Matthew 16 verses 18 and 19. Jesus said, I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You and I are familiar with these verses of scripture, but Jesus is talking to us about the church. That he's going to build or that he's building. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell. The powers of hell will not be able to prevail or will not be able to stop this church that I am building. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the kind of church that Jesus is raising up. Is a powerful church, it's a strong church, it's a triumphant church, it's not a weak and wimpy church. Amen? It's not a church that, you know, is like a little social club, I come on Sunday mornings, they kind of make me feel good, give me my dose of emotional high, and I go back and, you know, just make it through the next week and come back. No. That's not the kind of church Jesus is raising. He's raising up a church that he said is so strong, is so powerful that the gates of hell, the powers of hell will not be able to stop that kind of a church. Amen? He's raising this kind of a church. A church that is strong, it's powerful, that can advance against the gates of hell, the powers of hell. You know, it's not about the powers of hell attacking the church, but it's the church that is advancing against the gates of hell. Amen? So we're not sitting and saying, oh, the devil's after me. That's not it. Gates don't move. Gates are stationary. But it's the church that goes against the powers. Wherever they see the powers of darkness uh, taking control, having control. The church of Jesus Christ is supposed to go against it and advance against the powers of hell. And that's the kind of church Jesus is building. And to this church he says, I give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys represent authority. The authority of the kingdom of God is given to the church. Amen? To people like you and me, we tend to lose our keys. It seems like the church has lost the keys. But really it's not. Because Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The church of Jesus Christ, God's people, you and I. Our people have been vested with kingdom authority. He so said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And you have the authority to bind on earth what God's declared bound in heaven. And to release on earth what God's declared released in heaven. Amen. Whether you and I, you know, get excited about it, it's the truth. And it's time we rise up and do something with that. He's, he's given it to us for a purpose. And I want to focus our attention here this morning on penetrating the darkness. On taking this kingdom authority that's vested in us as the church of Christ. On, 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 on rising up to what, what Christ envisioned for the church. A church that will advance against the powers of darkness. And darkness not being able to stop. An advancing church. That's what he envisioned for the church. And this morning, I want to invite us to rise up to this call, to this standard, to this dream that Jesus had for the church that he is building. Now, as you and I look around our city, yes, there's a lot of things we find wrong in our city, and we could, you know, list so many things. And there is corruption, there is immorality, there is drugs, and there is, there's all kinds of things, wrong things, common to any urban center. We have those things happening in our city. But the biggest challenge for us is the salvation of souls in our city. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yes, it'll be nice to see pubs closed down and, and, and all of that, but, you know, that's not our ultimate battle. Our ultimate battle is to see people saved and come into the kingdom of God. When that happens, you know, all the other things will eventually be addressed. To see people come to faith in Christ and be born again and saved and come into the kingdom of God. That's the challenge. That's what we want to go after in this city. But what kind of a battle is that? We turn in our Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 3 to 6. Again, passages we are familiar with in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. Paul writes, he says, but even if our gospel is wailed or hidden, it is wailed to those who are perishing. In other words, hey, this gospel's got to go public. Meaning it's got to be made known. If our gospel is hidden, it is hidden from those who are dying. Those who actually need it. So let's not hold back the gospel. Let's go public with it. Let's be open about it. Let's talk the gospel. Let's share the gospel. Let's proclaim the gospel. Because if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden from those who are dying. They need the gospel. They need this good news of Jesus Christ. But then he continues in verse 4. And he says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, he describes the challenge. He says, the minds, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, lest the light of the gospel of Christ should shine in unto them. So what is the God of this age? What is the devil doing? He's blinded the minds of people, is what the Bible says. It's like a curtain put upon their their minds, their understanding. Now, what kind of a curtain does the devil use? The curtain of wrong thinking. The curtain of arguments. The curtain of deceptions. Wrong philosophies. And all these kinds of things are, capture the minds of people. And the devil uses this to prevent them from receiving the light of the gospel. So you look around our city. You talk to your neighbor, talk to your friend in school or your college. And, and you want to talk to them about God. And they got all these crazy ideas about God. Or all these things that, that capture their minds. What is it? It's the devil's strategy to blind their minds so that in order to prevent the light of the gospel from getting through. So when we are proclaiming the gospel, when we are trying to win people to the kingdom, understand there is a spiritual conflict involved because the God of this world has blinded their minds. So when we go out to share the gospel, when we go out to win people to Christ, There's an enemy that's working things in their minds, trying his best to prevent them from receiving the message of Jesus. Putting all kinds of wrong thoughts, wrong ideas, reasonings and arguments, philosophies that keep them from receiving the message of Jesus Christ. So the real battle is a spiritual battle for souls. So in, and, and, so, as we look at this campaign that's going on in our city and, and thank God for all the media. Thank you. For all the media and all, the, all that they are able to use in our city. But nobody's going to go look up and add you know, this big billboard and say, wow, nice faces. I'm also going to follow Jesus. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going, to be, nobody's going to follow Jesus because they're impressed by the colors we use or by how nice the presentation is. And, and yes, of course, when we use these tools, we have to do a good job. That's fine. But nobody's going to follow Christ just because they're going to be impressed with all the nice things we do. Because or let me put it this way, there's a, there's a spiritual battle involved. We're not going to win this battle just by human methods or means. Are you with me so far? The God of this world has blinded the minds of people. The next thing I want us to understand is that really, this battle is about letting the light of the gospel shine in to the darkness. That's what it's about. That people are in darkness. And we're talking about spiritual darkness. And the light of the gospel has to shine there. Into their hearts. That's the battle. Letting this gospel shine. In the hearts of people. But the Lord Jesus spoke to Paul. The apostle in Acts 26. It's recorded for us there in Acts 26. So if you want you could turn with me in your Bibles. To Acts 26 and verse... 17 and 18 when the Lord Jesus spoke to him about his ministry of preaching the gospel here's the word Jesus used here's how he described it he said in verse 17 Paul he says I will deliver you or I'll take you from the Jewish people as well as to the Gentiles to whom I now send you to do what verse 18 to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an, and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Paul, here's your ministry. What's it about? It's, an, it's about opening the eyes of people. They're spiritualized because it's blinded by what the devil's doing. So here's your ministry. Open their eyes. And what else? To turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan. Meaning from the control that the devil has over their lives. From the dominion of Satan. From the power of Satan over their lives. Unto God. So. Well we must understand that. We are engaged in spiritual conflict for the salvation of souls in our city. It's a battle. And we're here to bring people from the power of Satan, from the control of Satan. Take take them out from there and bring them to God. That's the battle we're involved in. So do you think, or do you and I suppose that when we go talk to people, Satan is just going to take his hands off them? No. In all probability, he's going to try to tighten his grip, hold on to them even more tighter. And so there's a conflict involved. We've got to release people from the power of Satan. So that they can come unto God. And experience the light of the gospel. We have to penetrate the darkness, the spiritual darkness across our city. Amen. That's the kind of church Jesus is raising up. He says, I want my church to be a church that will go against the gates of hell. He said, I want to to raise up a church that will have the authority of God's kingdom in them. And with that authority, they will bind and they will lose things on earth. That's the kind of church I want to raise up and that Jesus is building. He is raising up that kind of a church. Amen? So how do we penetrate the darkness? How do we let the light shine? How, how do we do this? Three simple things this morning I want to bring to our attention. The first is the obvious thing, which is we must proclaim the gospel. What did Paul say in the same passage we read in 2 Corinthians 4? In verse 5 and 6 he says that the light of the gospel should shine into their hearts. The gospel of Jesus Christ is an inherent carrier of light that dispels darkness. Let's not in any way think less of the power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, this simple message of who Jesus Christ is and what he did when he died for us on the cross and was buried and he rose up again. This message, Paul says, is the power of the gospel. It's a carrier of the light of God that dispels darkness. So how do we penetrate the darkness? We must proclaim the gospel. We must tell the simple message of Jesus Christ. So when you talk to your friend about Jesus, when you tell your neighbor about Christ, or when you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, understand you are releasing light that will dispel darkness. Because the gospel is a carrier of the light of God. Amen? It's the power of God unto salvation. So don't devalue the gospel. Don't, uh, don't feel ashamed of the gospel. That Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose up again. And through Christ Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. And we can be brought into a relationship with God. Don't be ashamed of that message. In Matthew the fourth chapter. As it talks about. Fulfilled prophecy from the Old Testament and and talks about the ministry of Jesus in Matthew 4. We'll read verses 16 and 17. It says in verse 16, it's it's talking about the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And we pick up in verse 16, he says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who sit in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The people who are sitting in darkness. He's talking about spiritual darkness. The people sitting in darkness. To them a great light has come. And those in the region of the shadow of death, lights come. Of course he's talking about Jesus Christ coming on the scene. But what did Jesus do? The very next verse says that he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He said, repent. Repent the kingdom of God is here, he went about preaching the message so us bringing the message is bringing light to people who are sitting in darkness to those who are in the region of death spiritual death are you with me? yes the second way and you and I penetrate the darkness and engage in the spiritual conflict of causes by using our spiritual weapons, our weapons of warfare. Second Corinthians 10, Paul writes about this. Read a few verses from there in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice, he says, the weapons we've got are mighty in God. And they're really mighty. And you look around the world, and this is just a side you know, different nations want to make sure that other nations don't have more mightier weapons than them. So India, India and Pakistan, very friendly neighbors. We always want to make sure that we have a little bit more power than them. I'm talking about military power. Or us in China. And therefore, you know, if you look across the globe and nations come and make the sign this nuclear treaty to ensure that you know everybody agrees that we will not use nuclear power for destruction and or use it only for domestic purposes or scientific research and uh, you know then if any nation begins to go out of that treaty they begin to get suspect about them they send their inspectors to inspect you know like what's happening with iran and We want to make sure that they're not misusing uranium to create weapons, nuclear weapons, and so on. And and so, so every nation wants to make sure that they're at least on par or in some way greater in military strength just in case they're attacked. So everybody's trying to say, I want to have more weapons, weapons that are mightier than you. But think about us, God's people. Paul is saying, our weapons, of course they're not natural, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God, many are like, man, you can't get mightier than this. The weapons God has given to us it's the most powerful in the world, but of course, these are spiritual weapons used for spiritual conflict. But what I want to impress on our hearts is look. We've got whatever weapons it needs to get the job done. Because our weapons are mighty in God. The devil's got his weapons, but we've got weapons that are mightier than his. Our weapons are mighty in God. And he says, with these weapons, we can pull down strongholds. And he tells us what these strongholds are. He continues in the next verse. He says, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, reasonings, everything that contradicts the truth of the word of God. Every philosophy, every uh, thought, every logic, whatever it is, that is opposing the truth of the word. We've got weapons with which we can dismantle those. He's talking about people. About things that capture the minds of people. We've got weapons that can set them free. So that they can come and embrace the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? That's what Paul says in the word of God. So I believe that if we as a church begin to learn about our spiritual weapons of of prayer, of worship, of the spoken word, of faith, of our authority, and we collectively begin to engage in warfare, we can penetrate the darkness. We can begin to dismantle every stronghold that is capturing the minds of people, that is preventing them from receiving the light of the gospel. same is true. When it comes down very personal to your family members, maybe your spouse, maybe your children, maybe your extended family, the people in your family, whose minds may at this point be taken off with all kinds of wrong things, reasonings and arguments that contradict the truth. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't get intimidated. Know that you've got weapons that are mightier than those that, with which you can pull down those strongholds and set them free. God's given it to you. Amen. So when you are sharing the gospel, you feel like people are really controlling their minds. Now don't, don't get in an argument with them. Don't try to do it in the natural. Take, go away. Engage in prayer. Engage in worship. Use the word of God through those spiritual weapons that you use in your time of prayer or we use when we worship God, we are able to dismantle those things. Amen? That's why when we come to worship God, it's so important. That's why when we come together to pray, it's so important. Why? Because that's the time we're using our spiritual weapons. But what's the use of a church that doesn't use its spiritual weapons? We don't, don't matter much in the world then. But we, as God's people, need to come. When it's time for prayer, I want to be there because it's my time to use my weapons to, to make a difference in my city or in my home or in my community. It's my time to pray. It's my time to worship. It's my time to proclaim the word of God. And through those weapons, I'm changing what the devil is doing. The last thing I want to bring to our attention this morning on how we penetrate the darkness is from Isaiah, the 60th chapter. During our time of worship, Pastor Jay Kumar referred to this, and I want us to look there in Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3. God says to his people, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Verse 2, he says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. He's talking about spiritual darkness. He's not talking obviously of natural day and night. But he's talking about spiritual darkness. He says darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness of people. But what is God's answer to darkness in the earth? Does he send a host of angels carrying torches? That's not God's answer. What is God's answer to deep darkness that's on the earth? He says, the Lord will arise on you and his glory will be seen upon you. What's God's answer to the darkness in the earth? It's about him rising up on each of his people and letting his glory be seen in and through his people. That's his answer. That's how God wants to penetrate the darkness. That's how God wants us to light up our world. How? The Lord will arise on you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Each one of his people. That's his answer. So raise your right hand up, please. Say this with me. The Lord rises upon me. And his glory. Is seen. Upon me. The Lord rises. Upon me. His glory. Is seen. Upon me. The Lord rises. Upon me. And his glory. Is seen. Upon me. That's God's answer. To the darkness that's in this world. So darkness cover the earth. And deep darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. And what will happen? Next verse. Kings will come to your rising. They will come. People will be going to see the lights. In you and they'll come what is this glory you heard it, heard us say it over and over again the glory of God simply is an expression of who God is and what he does and God wants that an expression of who he is and what he does to be revealed through his people that's God's answer that through you and me his glory will be revealed Who he is, what he does will be seen through you and me. Amen. Now. I know all of us sitting here this morning will say, you know. But I'm such a broken person. I mean, I'm not this shining golden vessel. I'm really a broken vessel i broken. I'm really an earthen vessel. And that too. A broken earthen vessel. Listen, all of us are in the same boat. All of us are like that. None of us sitting here are this shining, well polished, diamond studded, golden vessel. None of us are like that. We're all broken earthen vessels. And thank God we're broken. Because you know, His glory can now be seen through us. And when people see God at work, they will know it's definitely not because of him. It's definitely not because of her. But it has to be God working in and through that person. It has to be God working through their lives. And just think of this wonderful thing that God would decide That through earthen vessels, through broken vessels like you and me, he would say, my glory will be seen upon you and through you. Who I am and what I do will be seen through you. And that's my answer to the darkness that's in this world. So if you're sitting here this morning and you think, my life could could not have been more broken than where it is today. I could not be more flawed than where I am today. I could not be more low than where I've been, where I am today. Uh, that, 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 In the midst of all this, how, how can I penetrate the darkness? Listen, it's not about you, but it's about the Lord who arises upon you and whose glory will be seen through you. It's about Him. And that's His answer to the darkness that's in this world. The question is, would you and I co-work with God? Would you and I dare to take up this challenge? It's easy to join the darkness in this world because everybody's in it. But do you have the guts to say, I want to be one of those people, as broken as I am, to be a carrier of the glory of God so I can penetrate the darkness, not join the darkness? Would you and I be one of those? Say, God. I want to penetrate the darkness. I want to be a carrier of your glory, your light into my world. I'll share the gospel. I'll use the weapons of spiritual warfare that you've given me. And I'll let you be revealed through me, through your wisdom, through your power, through whatever you do. I'll let you be revealed through me. Yes, I'm broken, but that doesn't matter. The Lord will arise on me and his glory will be seen through me. Then what'll happen? The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. It will happen. Amen. Let's rise to our feet this morning. Let's take a few moments to pray. God's raising up a church. He's raising up a people who will penetrate the darkness. He's raising up a church that will advance against the gates of hell. He's raising up a church that will learn to walk in kingdom authority. He's calling us to be a people who will share the gospel. Who will use our weapons to dismantle the blindness that the enemy has put in the minds of people. He's calling us a people who will be unashamed to be carriers of his glory. That who God is and what he does will be seen in us and through us. Regardless in spite of the fact that we are earthen vessels, it's His glory seen through us. This morning, would you pray in your heart and say, God, I want to be one of those who will penetrate the darkness and around me, God. Jesus put it this way. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which, who is in heaven. Would you be one of those? It's easy to join the darkness. But would you be one of those who will say, I'll penetrate the darkness. I'll be this one person, two people. This, I'll be among these people who will let our light shine. Because ultimately we want to see people come out of darkness, into his light. Come from, out from the power of Satan unto God. That's why we're here. Let's take a few moments just to pray. And whatever you feel in your heart concerning this, I want you to take it up to God in prayer right now. Just pray. And when as the worship team leads us, let this be a time and you wait before God and say, I want to be one of those who will penetrate the darkness. Father, we just pray that you will help each one of us, God, to be a people who will penetrate the darkness will be a people who will be carriers of your glory. The Lord will rise upon us. His glory will be seen upon us. In simple ways, in little ways, let the glory of the Lord be seen. In spite of all our brokenness of God, in spite of all the challenges, in spite of all the disturbances, in spite of all the imperfections in in us and around us, let the glory of the Lord be seen. Who you are and what you do, let that become visible. Let that become plain for everyone to see. Let that become so obviously evident in us, in in and through us, O God. And in the midst of everything, there's this living God in us and His glory being seen through us. And so we pray, Father, that even across our city that millions will come to the light. They will come, Lord, to the light of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that even through this week and the weeks coming up ahead of us as the campaign increases, Lord, we pray that many, 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 many souls will be gathered into the kingdom of God all across our city. That as we go, and meet the callers as we go and meet people. As we go and give them this book on the power to change. And, and share with them about the message of Jesus Christ. We pray that by the power of the gospel, their minds will be set free. And they'll, be, they'll come out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Oh God, help us to gather the souls gather people into your kingdom even as this season of harvest is upon us help us to do it to reap the harvest to consolidate the harvest the disciple people help us to do it God help us to give everything we have to see this happen we thank you in Jesus name Amen Amen Amen. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us today and always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.